Suns fans, you know what time it is in the PHX. Empire of the Suns. Phoenix Suns. The Empire of the Suns podcast is brought to you by Sonic. Mmm, Sonic. Empire of the Suns. Hello there, and welcome to the Empire of the Suns podcast. My name is Kevin Olson, joined as always by Kevin Zimmerman. What's up? Hey, how are you doing? Better, better than the Phoenix Suns. Hey, I'm getting incrementally better, and uh, can't say that about this basketball team. Unfortunately, they have dropped three of their last four games. Uh, last time, uh, prior to when we, uh, since we recorded, I should say. And we looked at this homestand like an opportunity, a get-right sort of section, and it looked like they were trending in that direction. They win in Houston. They beat Charlotte. They beat Orlando. Those two games really um, offensively and execution-wise were on the right track. They beat Portland when Portland is playing pretty much no one. They beat Miami in a game that Frank Vogel called their best game plan uh, execution, discipline, whatever you want to phrase it as, of the year defensively. I agreed watching it. Bradley Beal agreed. But they lost pretty definitively to the Clippers, who were just, it was one of those they're better than you games. Then they end up on the homestand and the homestand with Memphis. Kind of this back and forth game of runs. They pull away in the mid-third. Like, okay, here it is. The team without John Morant. It's about to get there. But they just let Memphis take a million threes. They took 49 in the game. So even when they shot 35%, they still hit, I believe, 17 in that game. 17 to 9 advantage. Um, that's a I different think. way the math goes. So we we talked about math a lot during the last like two or three postseasons, but... That is just like attempt volume. That's where like letting the other team take too many threes is an issue. Um, and then they go on the second game of back-to-back, back to L.A. after getting handled by the Clippers five days earlier. They play fine for two and a half quarters. Then Vogel goes really small, really early, which was a change and a notable one from their previous games in terms of going to like, all right, not the last ditch lineup, if you want to call it that, but just we're going to try something new here. It kind of stalls out the game. The Clippers don't adjust well. The Suns don't capitalize off of it. And then what happens in the fourth quarter happens in the fourth quarter. Clippers smoke them. They win by 27 when this was not that type of game really, but it was in the fourth quarter. And... This team just is what it is right now. They are 19 and 18. They are 11th in offense. They are 16th in defense. Those offensive and defensive ratings are uh, slightly misleading is what I'll characterize it as. They are two full points out of eighth for uh, offensive rating, but then they are two full points out of 19th or 18th, I'm sorry, for offensive rating. And then with defensive rating, they're at 115.6. They are two full points out of 14th, so they're like definitively in the bottom half of the league, and then they're two full points out of 25th. So they're in this kind of muddled up range of teams on both offense and defense that are clearly just average. And until we are proven otherwise, we are 37 games in, Kevin. This team is just average right now. That's all they are. I, I said this like two podcasts ago. 
I mean, the defensive and offensive rating things are even hard to look at because you look at how many just absolutely terrible fourth quarters this team has had the whole season long, and that just skews the data. Like, that's that's where it's going to be. Like, you, you can, if, if that many of your quarters are bad on both ends of the court, it's just going to, you can't take much away from that. And I think... We can talk, like, I, I don't even know if there's a discussion to be had about, like, the, why the fourth quarters are bad. I mean, the Clippers game was a perfect, just absolute tailspin. Like, turnovers, missed good shots, cold, just bad defensive communication, and it's their stars as well as their role players. Um, it's the guys who have been playing a lot. It's everyone, and it's just, like they just lose focus and it just goes down the drain and that's where this team is so baffling but to me since we last podcasted before the the first of this two like four games ago before the first Clippers game like what came out of that first Clippers game was Frank Vogel not again no panic patience and he actually said like it's a complex game plan we like you're, it's hard to implement complex game plans in a regular season. You'll see better results the next time against the Clippers. Mm-hmm. And then when they come out, and look, I will say they they played the second half of that first Clippers game a lot looking a lot better with halftime adjustments. And through the first three quarters against the Clippers this last game, like... They shot 67% in the first half. Clippers did? Yes. Yeah. So, look, I will give them to some of that the Clippers are really good, right? They've been playing really well. They have really good offensive players. My point was no one should shoot 67% no. against you. No one. No one Even should. if you're the Wizards and you're playing the Clippers, you shouldn't have anyone no. shoot 67% against you in the first half. Yeah. So when you see that, when the fourth quarter happens, and again, your offense goes off the rails, your defense goes off the rails, um, it doesn't look like you've made adjustments. It doesn't look like you've learned from the last game. It doesn't look like you're making improvements. And that's where that Clipper series, they don't get them until late in the season. So, like, I am looking at this series because that's, even from a big narrative perspective, like, we talked about firing Monty Williams and, like, you better have a good hire in mind. And Ty Lu was linked to the Suns because he's that coach who can make in-game adjustments, who can make adjustments over the the course of a series. Frank Vogel has that rep too to some degree, but like, But it circles back to your column you wrote like a month ago. Like this has been a thing for the whole season where they just don't have an identity and Yeah. That was most of our our collective pause and and you're not bringing this up. I'm not bringing this up to be here and do the we were right parade or the they were wrong in hiring Vogel thing. It's way too early to say that. But the risk in firing a head coach who has yeah. built up a culture and an identity is that you can't get it back. No. It's not a thing that every single NBA team has. Only a few teams have it. The Suns did have it. Now, how replicable was it with new players in? That's something that the Suns very likely considered and probably found some odds at i guess i would say um this is i have to say whenever we talk about this this is not sourced or anything this is just me speculating when i say that type of thing but we knew how they were going to play we knew what they were about and like you just don't know what this team is about and you don't know how they play i just don't know and and people the, the thing that happens is 
I, and I don't blame anyone for this. I'm not calling anyone out for it. In that third quarter, in that fourth quarter, they went back to a problem that was huge for them when the injuries were going on, which was we're all going to stand around five out Ooh. and we're just going to run ghost screens to get a matchup and then go at it, which is a big part of playoff basketball. It's a big part of high level basketball, but it is something that you go to when you're good at it and the Suns aren't even good at it. So I don't know why they're doing it right now. Uh, besides the fact that they have three high level scores and they should be attacking certain matchups. I get it. But when you're in a muddled state as an offense, like they were that night, you got to run your stuff, and they just weren't running their stuff. What they is their stuff? They weren't running yeah. with any pace. That's what I was going to bring up. I think they kind of got stuff, Kev. I think that yeah. when their six best players are on the court and there's no one else on the court but the five yeah. of those six guys, they're really, really good in the first three quarters of the game. That's what I'll their say. Net, their net ratings will back that up with even without Beal, the Grayson, Gordon, Book, Katie, Nurk lineups had like a top five net or maybe top three even. Even even after that game really dipping down because Booker was like minus 31 in that Clippers game, even yeah. with that game dumbing down the numbers a bit, <clears throat> or uh, bringing them down a bit, I should say, 70 minutes now for the starting five. That is Durant, Beal, Nurkic, Booker, and Allen. They have a 12.3 net rating, 127 offensive rating, which is exceptional, and then 115 net rating, defensive net rating, which is right around what the team is at. Um, that's it. five games. They're two and three in those five games, by the way. Yeah. Um, and in 70 minutes, and they're still just killing teams. The problem is is when the start of the second and the start of fourth quarters really hurt them, and this is the classic thing that drives me absolutely nuts, which is like when people pinpoint certain players or like, why are they in? Why is that guy in? It's like they have no one else to play. These are their guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but like Kata Bates-Diop and Shemezi Metu are going to start quarters. This is going to happen. Like Josh Akogi is going to be out there. That is who they have at this point. Those guys have been good to bad in, in varying extent, uh, to various extents, but their issue right now is, and what I was getting to is, what I know about this team or what I think I know about this team is that when those five of those six guys are out there and they're all out there together, no one else is in, they're really, really good in the first three quarters. I don't know what happens to them in the fourth quarter still. Those guys especially, I don't really know. Um, but they're tremendous. Uh, offensively, and they're pretty solid defensively. The numbers are right where I'm at, which is phenomenal offensively, getting there defensively. And they're phenomenal offensively while running a bunch of stuff. Everyone's flying yeah. around. Everyone's moving the ball, skipping. The ball movement had been better. It's going. I don't know. Again, I don't know what happened at the start of the quarter. I don't know. Or, or what happened with the iso ball. But to my point and what I was bringing up is like a lot of people were tweeting like the Suns don't run offense. They're just out there. It's like they, they run offense, but you're just watching them when they're in the middle of a meltdown. And this is what they do <laughs> in the middle of a meltdown. Like you're you're the dad here, but I'm sure you can compare it somewhat to like when your child is having a meltdown. They do the same exact thing. And it's, it's like, like when I don't the know Suns have happening. a meltdown, they just don't run offense. And I don't know why. And you don't know why your kid's doing that. I don't know why the Suns are doing that, but they just he said do it. Mickey Mouse. I put Mickey Mouse on the TV. Just meltdown because it's Mickey Mouse. Can you stop crying? Yeah, I don't know. You got your applesauce here, 10 minutes ago, bud. I don't you know. You can't have do. six packets of applesauce every hour. Don't know. I'm out of the seat. I'm trying. That was a good metaphor. Yeah. I, I know dad stuff, man. Um, <laughs> we know that about them. We know that they are at best below average defensively as an entire team right now because whenever other guys start to come into the game, I don't know why it looks so difficult for them to connect and play together beyond the fact that they haven't played together a ton but it is still at a level lower than it should be they 
at this point in the year, 37 games in, even if everyone was injured at different points, they should be more connected as a team than they are right now. Mm-hmm. So that really, really affects them defensively. And guess what? When they're giving up a ton of buckets, they have to play a bunch of half-court offense, and then things just stall out. And that's what—that's basically what that game was, is that once they started turning the ball over and then taking it out of their own net and running half-court offense, they were just trying to slow things down. And, like, why are you – it's this whole thing. So that's where I'm at. Uh, mm-hmm. Below average defensively and bad some of the time. Pretty okay offensively, but when the five of the six guys are out there, they're pretty great. And that's in the first three quarters, and I can't explain the fourth quarter thing, and I don't know. So all of that together, muddled up into one thing, Kevin, is just an average basketball team right now. That's all it is. With a lot of talent. I will say, yeah, so it's when we say there are a lot of issues, a lot of them are fixable, and a lot of them are connected. When you fix the defense, you get more pace on offense, you're taking rebounds back to your own side of the court quickly um but to me there's the meltdown part is its own separate thing that's not even related to whether their offense works whether it doesn't work like the meltdown against the clippers was absolutely awful because it was turnovers by the stars i think beal book kd like Everyone's complaining about Beal, even though I, I don't know. The other two are not playing well in those moments. They're responsible for those moments. Like, how many breakdowns? And I saw this with DA and Kevin Durant last year, where there's just bad communication. And it's always like Katie's part of transition communication issues or like after turnover communication issues where they just give up on them. Like, that's how it looks to me. And, and he's probably not the only one, but. Um, if the stars are out there, they have to take some of that blame. And, and that's what it is. And uh, again, it's weird because at other points in the game, they are moving the ball, they are playing defense, they are helping, right? Um, so that's why it's so hard to pinpoint because it's like some moments they look fine and then others it's just a mess. Um, I wanted to ask, like, it's not that I'm avoiding talking about the trade deadline because we're only a month and a half away from that. And that what kind of is thing. there to talk about? Because they don't have many assets. But I guess I wanted to ask, like, did we misjudge the talent of this roster? Because I don't think we did, and I don't think every other analyst was like they did pretty well. Like, I think they got guys who can, and that's why I put it on the coaching staff is, I guess, where I'm getting at because. New players or not, you got to be able at this point in the year, especially with more of the bench players playing because of the injuries, where they're at least in sync and knowing what Frank Vogel wants. So that's the concerning part for me. It's not about whether they need a point guard or they like just don't have continuity yet. It's or the talent's not there. To me, it's really on the coaching staff. Um, so I guess I wanted to ask: Did you think the roster was misjudged as far as depth or talent or anything like that? I, I don't, don't know, but Bull Bull, shout out to him. Yeah, uh, really sucks. He was playing very good basketball for two and a half games, and then his um, he sprained his right ankle and he's out uh, for now. I don't know what the update is. We'll get it later today in terms of Thursday. Um, would assume that it's the typical timeline you see for a normal default ankle sprain but he showed he's like i got really giant it's funny because he's um dribble dribble tween has he crossover bowl bowl is what we know on tiktok and the highlights and what all the kids are watching 
but he just like play he's just playing like an energy big he's like yeah. i'm just gonna play super hard and try and grab loose balls and rebounds and then they got just, across to him like in shot like, selection yeah in the 11 times he had and this is i'm doing the bill simmons thing where it's like these are the top 17 quarterbacks why is it 17 bill um the 11 times that i saw him have to make the right decision with the ball or make like a the, the right play he just did and it's like look guys if you play really hard and then you just don't do something wrong. It's all this team needs from these guys. Yeah. It's, 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 it is going to be simple. But if I run down the list now, we played a game last week. I won't like repeat the similar type of game, but I'll just run through it. The supporting cast, I think this is the team. Durant, I think he's been as advertised offensively, if not better than you might have expected, considering how he played last year. Last year was a lot of me saying, like, this this is not Kevin Durant. Like, you're going to see Kevin Durant. This is this is Kevin Durant. I think defensively, he's been slightly underwhelming just for the Sanders that I hold him to as a basketball player. I think that he is a very good defender, and I don't think he's been a very good defender this year. Booker has been slight, like a tick below where you expect him. I think people are really on him lately. We've already talked about that in the past. Uh, go find that one. If you want to find where we reason up, maybe. that, but defensively, uh, he's been worse definitively. And I don't know what's going on there, but that needs to change from, from him, especially just because of what he showed last year with, that he's capable of. Grace Allen has exceeded all expectations. He has been tremendous. Eric Gordon has been as advertised. He's been Eric Gordon, if not a little bit better. And if you didn't know like the flaws in his game or like the little shortcomings, then I don't know what you were expecting. He's a minimum signing. He's been great for that value Bradley Beal is the guy where last two or three games he's looking like himself and now it's a matter of that translating to the stat sheet like I believe in the Miami game was his game where he had like 27 8 and 9 or something he was really really good in that game he's looked like himself the last week please let that man stay healthy because it's eventually going to translate to his production and also picking it up for book Yusuf Nurkic bad Clippers game but that was Okay, I will say we had a we had a Nurkic talk last week. Uh, the Clippers game is not on him. He's not a good matchup for that. No. I think Dan Bickley said earlier, I missed DeAndre Ayton. I think I tweeted something similar. Like, they used to have a center who sometimes would show up for these games and be useful, and they just don't have anyone who fits, and that's not a knock on Nurk. That's just he's not a good matchup for that. And so, but when teams are guarding them in certain ways, he opens up their offense. We saw that in the Memphis game to a certain extent, the Miami game as well. I'm going to stay on the defensive anchor, voice of defense, covering for guys. He's been fine. Um, he's been fine when he's not on the court. Things like the fourth quarter happen yeah. against the Clippers. Yeah, he's fine defensively. It gets um, worse. Yeah. My point is, he's been better than expected. I had relatively high expectations compared to everyone else who thought he was trash and hot garbage. Um, not everyone. That's being crass. Um, a select majority thought that this was a not even a clear downgrade from DeAndre, which I still agree from a talent perspective, but was them stepping down to like someone who's not even like a starting caliber center, essentially. Yeah. He is a starting caliber center. It's just an incredibly deep position in the league right now. Okay, those are the six guys. Josh Okoge has not been the same player he was last year. Kade Bates-Diop has not been the same player he was last year. Drew Eubanks has not been the same player he was last year. 
Jordan Goodwin, it, it's it's tough to say that exactly because of what his role was in Washington compared to what it has been here, but not the same player he was last year. Nasir Little, he hasn't really been able to stay healthy. It's been an under-the-radar thing here is that of all of these guys that I just mentioned, he's probably outside of Chemezi Metu put together the best collective season of the supporting cast, but he's having knee issues and he just can't yeah. stay healthy right now and he hasn't stayed healthy or stayed in the rotation long enough for sustained stretches to prove that he is one of these guys. Yudawad Nabi has not been as good as he was last year. Chemezi Metu has been much better than he was last year and he's been the lone guy there. I would say Bol Bol has been better than he was last year. Yep. Yudok Azabuki is in there as well and then Saban Lee that's a push but but that's the bottom line is that a lot of these guys just have not been as good as they were last year like that's that's all there is to it with their supporting cast and look if this Drew Eubanks was playing like this in Portland last year like I don't even know if he would have gotten signed anywhere but he was really effective in Portland Katie Bates Diop showed a ton of signs in San Antonio of being capable of at the very least being the fourth wing on this team which is all they're asking out of him right now and and he just can't get there if if Pop is trusting you to play that much on those young teams where he's just like a stabilizing force and again that's where I, I worry and say why don't you why doesn't this staff trust him why has he not picked up on things he's hesitating on shots maybe has he been awful on defense i don't think so keep in mind these are shots that are almost certainly every single one of the threes i would say 95 percent of the threes this collective group has taken have been wide open there's Mm -hmm. been no one around them and they've probably been in the corner more often than not a kogi 24 percent bates diop 28 percent goodwin 29 Little 32, Watanabe 32, Metu 29. Yeah. No one That's is shooting the, the ball either. No one is shooting the ball. Whenever Josh comes in and Josh has been starting to look like himself in terms of impacting the game, he was great in the Miami game, I want to say. It was one of those uh, later home games where he was really good. It Random wasn't... stat, he's leading the league in like guards who are getting charges in the lane or something like that. I saw on an Instagram post of a random analytics. Continue. He was like 0 for 2, but like 7 of 8 from the line, had three steals, two blocks, whatever it was. Um, he was great in that game. Um, but when he's out there, they're just leaving him. They're, yeah. they're not even playing him. And the now Clippers, he's not even shooting him. The first possession, the Clippers just left him. There was one in against Memphis where not only was no one really there, but they opened up the baseline for him. He just could have drove, and he wasn't driving. And he's been good with those drives. We've noted it, and he's been better about it um, recently. Oh, they but... used him as a role man a little bit in the Clippers game, which... I think they need to do more and just and Ty Lue basically was like yeah we just played him like he's a center after the game yeah so until those guys are able to connect defensively and provide value defensively to the team defense it's a huge struggle for all of them because offensively no one is no one is providing a thing no, yeah. no one yeah so that's, I mean, that that's all it comes down to. If your big three isn't playing out of your mind, we, we could have said this coming into the year. Like, all of this hedges on how well the big three is playing anyway, but especially when the role players aren't producing, it's on how all three of them, I think Duran has been fine, again, to the Kevin Duran standard, who is one of the five best players in the world right now, one of the 10 to 12 best ever. Devin Booker, who I picked to win MVP this year, I think he, think he is underwhelmed, and Bradley Beal, mostly because he's been hurt, has not been the guy that he was supposed to be. Throw that all in together. Throw this here. It's it's just it's really easy to see. It's like yeah. it's not it's not point guard stuff. It's not picking this guy over that guy. Is it coaching some? Yes, uh, certainly because I think it's on coaches to get the most out of their players. I think that's yeah. the case everywhere. And yeah. this coaching staff just can't get 
That's where I'm at right now. Supporting cast at all. It's the blame game goes a lot of different places, but when you zoom out and evaluate this this roster one by one with the guys, it's pretty easy to see why this is a team that's 500 right now. Wow, that was a really good bring it all together moment. Good job. It's like a Seinfeld episode. Hey man, we said the same thing in a different way for four straight years. I can do it for <laughs> one full season. It's that's true. It's become part of the part of the part of the deal this time. I wrote a story. Oh yeah, sorry. Let's turn our attention to that real quick. Go read it. You can. I'll let you. ArizonaSports.com. What makes an elite shooter? Suns own shared jump shot origins. All five of these guys: uh, Booker, Durant, Beal, Gordon Allen. They were all very nice with their time. Gave me two minutes while we were walking places. Um, and you walk a lot for your job, by the way. I do you be walking. Do circles, yeah. I do be putting in the steps. I'm a pacer naturally anyway. You know that I'm an anxious person. I don't like sitting still. Whenever you're talking and I have to sit here and not do anything, i got to be looking at something on my laptop or I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> Asked them all the same three questions. Got really fun stuff. And it, it's on the screen behind me. Look at that. The oh. video format coming to life before our very own eyes and for me the fun that i had with it was the similarities and differences with everyone i think it was really cool how like um how brad and eric you look at how they shoot and then you you mirror that with their answers to like what do you think what are the fundamentals you stress is what i basically said is like when someone young or old asks you like how to improve their jumper what do you talk about and then both of them were like feet base that's it yeah um katie gave, gave a delightful answer which was ended with like some solid fundamental stuff but it was just basically like yeah when i was a kid like i wanted to shoot the ball and drop my hands back right away like jason williams used to <laughs> which led me on a two-hour youtube rabbit hole of finding a clip of jason williams doing that because i knew he had done it i was with katie katie was like he's done that right i was like yes 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 and then i just tried to find it went through two hours i found like an awesome channel that has like a thousand views for all these I feel like he would drop jason them williams game or something he would just he would just shoot and then immediately like before his feet hit the ground his hands were already at his side like yeah. he was like that's going in i don't need to see it or whatever it was his version of steph going away by the way white chocolate you just watch like the mixtapes of his passes and everything he was a pull-up three guy before pull-up threes were much of a thing much like um abdul Rauf. Um, mm, same yeah. thing where like take those two guys and put them in today's league and they would be awesome did um, you listen to the earl watson on that no that was a thing today that i just watched oh that's cool yeah said the exact same thing mike oh. fratello did not like that and then he screwed with mike fratello apparently and would pretend to be stepping back and just not do yeah. it because mike fratello... and he didn't shoot him well like his numbers were like low 30s or whatever but that was back in the day when he wasn't <laughs> like if he would have worked out it he had the skill set for it and that's all that really yeah. mattered and the whole point of the story is and in the end, every single guy's advice to some extent just was like about working at it. Like that's it. Yeah. Like if you want if you want to be a great shooter and you're listening to this podcast and you're like 11 years old, then just work at it to the extent that these guys did and you will be a great shooter. Will you be one of the best shooters in the world like these guys are? Let's not go that far, but you'll be pretty darn good. I can get them up. Can I move to get places to get them up and if you're no i can't and if you got like the sean marion release or whatever or anything like that that's fine just maintain your feet maintain your shoulders maintain your torso in in the proper way that's a book said he's like you better believe if i have a kid that they're gonna shoot a pretty jumper but like if your form is off like we've seen it so many times in the league now guys with weird forms i i didn't pick up on i didn't know of the 
you were talking about the or Katie in the story is talking about lying down on your back and shooting and practicing. Like I think yeah, everyone like, like kind of was taught that at some point, but I didn't realize it was because apparently like kids who aren't strong try to shoot threes, so they're just like launching from their actual physical hips or chest. I, I, I never like, thought turned of that. my whole body into yeah, the into so it because like, I wanted to shoot from deep so bad yeah yeah and i, I was tall and i didn't want and to then tall. when you get older and strong enough it eventually like you don't need to do that anymore i never thought of that nope and he said the power will come later that the was power, the power was the power came later and it did yeah. it did come later uh for him but so i know it's bad timing this is like a running gag with me at this point with features that i love <laughs> i'm like let's talk to michael about being an iron man he breaks his finger the night i released the <laughs> thing Let's do a profile on Kevin Durant and where he came from. He's going to twist his ankle in pregame warm-ups, and then every, all the vibes was are that right when before that comes that? out. It was during that point. It was like <sighs> the story was getting worked on over that time. I had talked to him about uh, it a couple days before that. Was getting Jared Jack, was getting other people, was working on it, working through it. Never um, write features on people again, I guess. And then it. I write this one, and they're back to when it looked like things were turning around. They're back to it. We could have held it for two weeks, but like, what if things get worse? I, don't, still- I don't know. Those guys are shooting well from three. That's the, the role inside, players aren't, but that's the inside baseball. Unless you just think that I'm an Ishbia's pocket and I'm writing puff pieces all the time, which is always funny when I write these stories around this time and someone says it's a puff piece because they lost two in a row. I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah. What we're, we're just supposed to be negative all the time. Oh man, we were we basketball's were, fun, man. Yeah, even this podcast was built on bad basketball. I will say. Hopefully it's not like that's not its legacy. No, hopefully you know? not. But we, it's not. We did podcasts like from the finals. We, we that's did that true. stuff. That's true. We've been doing that stuff. Uh, go read it. If you have a couple minutes, check it out. It's fun. I promise. Yeah. It's cool. The guys are very nice with their time. Damien Lee would have talked to me for three hours about it if he could. He was very nice in his five minutes. He loves shooting. How can you not be romantic about shooting? The Brad Pitt Moneyball thing. That's that's Damian Lee with jump shots. Bless him for <laughs> bless him for that enthusiasm. We're gonna leave now. We'll be back next week. Same thing we talked about uh the last couple episodes. It's a really tough month schedule wise. We'll see how they do, man, and we'll talk about it. We probably will. Bye. Goodbye.